Welcome to the Rebel Podcast. Pep talks, meditations, and thought-provoking discussions to help you use emotional intelligence to thrive in life and business. The word rebel is French for rebel, broken down into its parts. Re means again, and bell means beautiful. I'm Katrina Harling, your host, and my intention for this podcast is to create more space in your mind to re-beautify the way you see yourself, your work, and the world around you. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Rebel Podcast. I'm your host, Katrina Harling, and today we have a guest with us to talk about relationships. So Cameron is with us, and she is, well, after changing her major 11 times in college, she found and started living out her life purpose, which is helping couples reignite the passion in their marriages, learning to communicate well and create balance. She's a certified relationship coach, the wife of a pilot, and the mom of two beautiful boys. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, and have we lost you? There we go. There we go. There we are. Oh, we lost you you. for a minute. I was like, I know I couldn't see you either. (laughs) I don't know what happened just then. All right. Well, but thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Excellent. Thank you so much. So I thought we'd center this conversation around your, your forte, which is relationships. Let's, um, I guess I wanted to begin by asking you this question about when people come to you, what are some of the, I guess, false ideas or myths they have about relationships that are really holding them back from having a fulfilling, successful relationship? Sure. So I find that people usually fall into one of two categories. Either they fall into the category that their relationship should be like a happily ever after fairy tale. And it's modeled after Disney movies that we've watched Mm. as we've grown up and all of the, you know, the Prince Charming and why isn't my husband sweeping me off my feet every day and all of that, or my wife, vice versa. Or they fall into the category. Who feel like relationships are hard all the time, typically uh, just need a few more tools to make it a little bit easier. And then the people that fall under the category of it has to be a fairy tale all the time, just need a little bit of a mindset shift. There you go. Yeah, that's really interesting. So let's start with the fairy tale people. What sure. is what is the mindset shift that I guess they, they sort of need to, to have? Sure. So it, it actually is the fairy tale is a, a type of marriage mindset. There are um, several of them, but, but basically you want to um, get into the idea that marriage is more realistic in terms of there are going to be ebbs and flows. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be great times. It's not always 
the fairy tale happily ever after. And that marriage does take effort. You know, you have to be intentional about it. It's not just going to show up on your doorstep, but you know, with a white horse and a pumpkin as a carriage kind of situation where you have to actually put effort and intention into it every single day um, and, and kind of get towards that mindset versus um, versus it being a fairy tale. Yes. I really love that because I feel like we have been sold that story and not even just in fairy tales. If you look at romantic comedies, it's, Oh yeah. They don't, they don't always show like it's, that that's usually the end point of the movie it's like the white mm-hmm. wedding or the you know the beautiful fantasy they got set off their feet and then the assumption is they lived happily ever after there aren't really right. many movies out there that show us or sitcoms really that show us the the day the day exactly yeah and then so then let's look at this the second group of people which are the people who think it's just always got to be hard right <laughs> what's right. the biggest mindset shift that they need to have you know, honestly, it's kind of the same thing where it falls under the intention. So mm. when you wake up every morning and you think, okay, how can I speak my partner's love language? And, you know, how can I show up for my partner every single day? That That is a really great, um, a great start. Okay. Uh, the other thing would be connection. You know, how can I connect with this person? When you're really, when your communication is good and your connection is good, it's, it's not that it's effortless, but it does take less effort, if that makes sense. So, so these people that, that feel like it always has to be hard. It's not that it's hard. It's just that you have to figure out how to connect with your partner in order to fill their cup a little bit more and to also make sure that each other is seen and heard and understood in, in conversation. Mm. So what would you say to someone who felt like they weren't really connecting? I mean, how do you actually, let's go back. How do you even know that you're not connecting? What sure. are some of the so- signs? A, a lot of them, a lot of the time it comes with a situation where, um, you know, the simplest of conversations might turn into an argument or, um, you know, you, you say things and your partner may completely misconstrue what you're saying. Or um, a big one that I find back to the love languages is a lot of the time people who have quality time as, as one of their primary love languages they are the hardest to connect with with their partner because we speak our own love language and it's only 5% of the time where we have the same love language as our partner does. Mm. So the people that have the quality time, like, you know, if my love language were to be quality time and my husband, for example, is acts of service. So he thinks that just sitting on the couch, even though he's on his phone, I mean, we're together. So that's quality time, right? Or going to the grocery store together and he's in aisle 10 and I'm in aisle three. I mean, but we were together. So that's quality time, right? So that's not really connecting though. A person who has the love language of quality time, you're, you're connecting in that you're not on your phone. You're not, you don't have any other distractions. There are no kids in the room. There's no, 
you know, the TV's not on, it's you guys talking or you guys doing a shared activity that you enjoy, like cooking together or, um, you know, even if it's like rock climbing, something that you guys can do together where you're actually having a conversation that does not have any other distraction. That's a really big one too. So just connecting in, how do you feel loved? Well, how do I feel loved? What does that look like specifically? And actually setting those, um, the expectations early and often. Um, another big one is vacations. You know, it's summertime here in America. I know it's winter with you guys in Australia, right? Yeah. Yeah. So do you guys travel a lot during winter or do, is it more summertime? I think it depends where you are. We also, we don't, I mean, I'm also not part of that, that normal um, working society where they holiday all the time, but I know that people from the South will come up here in winter because obviously it's colder in the South. Mm -hmm. So they come up for like summer holidays. Okay. Um, But then, yeah, but then East, yeah, Easter time, people usually go camping. So there's like different times of year that people we're, okay. I guess we're more we're more about the short holidays here and there as opposed gotcha. to I, I feel like in America where you've got such a like difference in climate between summer and winter. Yes. The summer holiday is a big deal. I know in Europe it's like that too. Like in, in in Finland, a lot of people take a whole month off work or six to eight weeks off work and go to their summer house, their cabin or, you know, and take all that time off. Whereas we do maybe a week here and a week there. Makes sense. Okay. Mm. So this would actually apply with, with this for vacation times in, in either hemisphere. So with vacation times, it's really important for that connection. Um, what I'm finding now is that a lot of my clients are coming to me saying, Hey, we're getting ready to take a vacation. And it typically ends in a fight because Mm. my, you know, I have the expectation that, you know, we're going to sleep in every morning and it's just going to be very easy going. Whereas my spouse has the expectation that, we're going to get up early every morning and have coffee on the deck and we're going to, you know, go and do and sightsee all day. And so we're, we're not on the same page. So I, you know, we, we work in session on, okay, what is the exact expectation? What do you expect and how can we compromise on the two? You know, can you sleep in two days and then get up early two days? Can you get up early one day by yourself and, you know, have a little bit of a meditation on the deck by yourself, whereas your, you know, your spouse who likes to sleep in can get that time, you know, what can, what can we make work for everybody, but setting those expectations so that you know, what's going to happen before you even go on the vacation is also a really big connection point. Yes. Yeah. And getting like an understanding of what each other expects and how we can meet those expectations. A hundred percent. Yes. And so really it's like the thread here really is communication. I know you've already said it, but isn't it? It's just, you know, even about the holiday, it's talking about the holiday and talking about what we expect about the holiday and what, you know, what we need from the holiday and what you need from the holiday. Yeah. And, and communication, honestly, I think a lot of times in any relationship is I I like to describe it as, um, you know, it it goes a lot deeper into those expectations and communicating Mm -hmm. about those expectations. But if you look at expectations, look at it like a ladder, right? So the expectation is at the top of the ladder and the behavior of the other person is at the bottom of the ladder. And in order for the two to meet, the person who has the expectation has to clearly communicate those expectations. And this is in any relationship. This could be, you know, from a boss to a coworker or 
um, to a, an employee. It could be from a parent to a child. It can be from, you know, a teacher to a student. It doesn't really matter what relationship you look at it with this, this analogy completely applies. So if you do not completely communicate your expectations clearly, then what ends up happening is the behavior can only rise to the point where it was communicated. People don't, Mm -hmm. people don't purposefully want to disappoint other people. So when you're, when you're, when the behavior only rises to a certain level, then what ends up happening is there's a gap and that gap is left with shame and blame, guilt, resentment, anger, all of the negative feelings. So then you have to look at yourself. Did I communicate that expectation clearly enough? And if not, how can I do better the next time? Or how can I go back and rectify that so that their behavior can go ahead and meet that expectation that I was meeting in the first place? Yeah, that's really, really powerful. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, I love that analogy. That's how I explain it to my clients as well. Mm, definitely. And um, when we were talking about holidays, something came up for me. What mm-hmm. if you have or in a relationship where you and your partner have quite different interests? And sure. So like you're wanting to go to the ocean and he's wanting to go to the mountains or something like that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So in that case, um, it's funny. Are you familiar with Will and Jada Smith? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I know who they are. <laughs> who they are. Okay. So they actually had a really good example of this. Um, I don't, I don't even remember what I was watching of theirs, but it's, it's a really good example to where he really likes to do adrenaline rush mm-hmm. things like skydiving mm-hmm. and all these things. And she hates it, but she loves to go, um, you know, she's all about traditions. And so for Christmas, they go to her families and they sing the same songs and they, you know, eat the same meal. And it's, you know, like living groundhog day every year for, you know, <laughs> it's the same thing. And he hates it. And so their compromise is that once a year, they go do the Christmas thing and they sing the songs and they eat the food and it's all the same thing. And then once a year, she will go with him on some big expedition. And so, and there's no, like, you don't complain, you go and you put a smile on your face because you love the other person. And so that is the, that's the compromise. And so for the rest of the year, it would be finding things that you guys can do together. So maybe it's, you know, a place where there's like, what do you love about the ocean? Is it the water? Is it the waves? Is it the beach? You know, do you get that same feeling if you were to go to say a lake? And then, you know, what is, what does he love about the mountains? Is it the crisp, clean air? Is it being away from people? You know, what do you love about those certain circumstances and can you recreate that in a different location that meets both of your needs yes yeah beautiful thanks yeah so and again again it's that communication Mm -hmm. coming through again it's like talking about well what is it that I want what is it that I need what is it you want what you need how can we find a middle ground exactly and you know I think the problem is that as children we're not taught to communicate our needs that clearly. It's just, oh, you're sad. Oh, you're happy. Okay. And we move on. We're not taught to say, this is what I need from this situation, or this is why I feel the way that I do about it, or this is what's coming up for me 
when this happens. And so that communication, it's, it's lacking as we get older because we weren't taught that as kids. Mm, yes, that's so, so true. And it reminds me, I read a, a post that a gentleman called Cohen Ray shared recently. He didn't actually write it. He shared someone else's words. So Cohen Ray is a, I guess he's more of like a business mentor and coach um, here in Australia. And he, he reposted someone's words and it was talking about children who had big emotions when they were kids and their parents told them to sit in the corner mm. become teenagers who who don't talk to their parents about what they're feeling because they were made to feel like it wasn't safe to have those feelings or it wasn't okay to share them so they were you know were told to go to their room or sit in the corner or you know be quiet essentially and obviously so that results in adults who don't know how to communicate their needs or how they're feeling either 100 percent, absolutely absolutely how would you say how like if someone doesn't know how to do this like how Mm -hmm. to how to actually firstly understand what they're feeling and then communicate that to a partner where would be the starting point you know it's it's interesting um, of Arab descent he grew up in the Middle East and over there they're not taught about feelings they're very um his family specifically, I can't speak for the entire um, ethnicity, but his family is, is a lot colder. And so it's very like, they just kind of brush it under their rug and make sarcastic comments and then move along. And so for me, I'm a very emotional person. And so um, I don't know if you know about the Enneagram. I use it a lot in my coaching. And so I'm a two and he's a seven. And so for a seven, feelings are very like, anyway, you know, anything that's not happy is like, I don't like this. It feels gross. Like let's run away from it. And so when we first got married, this was a really big thing for us. We've really had to work through this and talking about like, okay, you've felt this before and you didn't die. So like, let's, you know, let's work (laughs) through it. What's, what's happening? What's going on? Why are you, you know, what's coming up for you? And so you really have to take it in, in a baby steps way. And for the person who is a little bit more emotionally healthy in the relationship, you almost have to pull your, your partner along and give them those prompts of, um, you know, I see that you're angry. What makes you angry about this situation? I see that you're frustrated. What's frustrating you specifically? How can I help you? How can I you know, what, what can I do to, um, you know, to ease this for you or what resource can we, can we look at or study together to, to help this situation? Um, Mm. again, a lot of communication, you know, asking questions and saying, you know, I'm not judging you. I'm not, um, you know, I'm, I'm not making fun of you. I'm, you know, explaining your intentions behind all of the communication as well, because a lot of times when people that's, that's how they feel, they feel judged by communicating their, their, um, their feelings. And so that's why they don't do it. So when you say, I'm not judging you, I'm trying to understand or help me understand why this is painful for you. Help me understand what's coming up for you. When you use those words, very open-ended statements like that, 
then it gives them the free space to say, okay, this is my partner. They love me. They really are trying to help versus they're, they're judging me. Excellent. That's such a beautiful way of holding space for someone, I guess. It's a process. It's, it's definitely not an easy or a short process. It, I mean, we've been together six years and it's definitely something that it's taken him a lot to get used to, um, you know, to get used to my emotions and for him to actually be able to open up and express that, Hey, I'm really upset by this because, or this really makes me angry because, and so that's, it's, it's definitely a process. Yeah, definitely. And I guess it's uh, definitely for, for him, it's about feeling safe. So for whatever he's been through, like with his family and his, and his upbringing, he obviously feels, dif- feels it's difficult to be safe because he might be judged or he might be ridiculed right. for feeling and for sharing feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But if you suppress those, then they come up, it's like a bottle, you know, you push it down and you push it down and you push it down and eventually it just explodes. And so, and it could, the explosion can come from something that otherwise would be very minor. So it's really important that we teach our kids now that it's okay to express your feelings and it's okay to have these feelings you know, let's work through them and let's communicate about them. So actually it's funny. My husband and I were just talking about this today. Um, We were discussing infertility with um, a couple that we know. And he said, you know, can you talk to her about this? She doesn't talk about it. And I said, I can, if she brings it up, but you know, I don't want to push her with that. And because that's a really sensitive topic. And so he was like, I just feel like she would feel a lot better about it if she were to discuss it. And that might be the case, but yeah, like it's, it's that whole, you know, do people feel safe to have conversations, even though they're hard conversations, you know, do they feel safe to have those? And actually going back to your, one of your um, other questions about connection that is one of the things that I recommend for, for really connecting um, in a relationship is to have those hard conversations because that actually helps you get vulnerable with your partner. And when you're vulnerable, you're actually giving them more to love of you. So when you're, when you're vulnerable with someone that says, hey, I trust you hey, you know, you're one of the only people that I can open up to about this topic. And so as long as your spouse or your partner has good intentions, they're going to recognize that and say, you know what, this isn't something that they normally do. This is a new side of them. And so then you you can actually build a stronger foundation and go deeper into the relationship by getting more vulnerable and having those hard conversations, no matter what that hard conversation is, whether it be things you do or don't like in the bedroom, things that um, really upset you as a child, things that are really upsetting now. I mean, any, any kind of hard conversation, what is and isn't working in the relationship, that's only going to create a betterment later on down the road. Yes. That's so empowering. And Definitely. It's so interesting. Like we don't get taught this stuff, like you said, as children, especially around relationships, we just Mm -hmm. watch up, 
watch up. We grow up watching the relationships around us. So whatever um, examples we have, be it our parents, aunties and uncles, uh, family, friends, you know, maybe the the parents of children that you grew up with, you know, because you spent time at their houses. So we just make these Mm -hmm. assumptions about what relationships are and how they should be. Right. Right. When in reality, through this communication, they can become whatever you need between the two of you because in every in every relationship is so unique it really is and honestly this is in in the very first session that I have with a couple I explain it that you each pack a suitcase and you pack that suitcase with all of your beliefs and all of the subconscious beliefs that were instilled in you from birth to seven years old all of the experiences that you had in past relationships, even in like your, your, you know, puppy love, like junior high and high school relationships, those still give you experiences. And so you're packing your suitcase with all of your experiences from your past relationships, all of the beliefs that you took from those relationships, the beliefs that you took from your parents, all of these things, and you're packing your suitcase full. And then you, you come into a home when you get married and you dump it out on the floor or when you, when you come with a, a a long-term partner, you're dumping it all out on the floor and then you sift through all that crap together and decide what you want to keep and what you want to throw out and what, you know, what do you hang on the wall for everyone to see? And what do you hide in the, in the. Going through everything and that's that's marriage or that's you know, a committed relationship right there is just sorting through all of the things that's such a great analogy I really like that <laughs> it's so good uh, excellent I had a question in mind and now it's gone I had there was something that I wanted to ask but I think I've just lost it yeah no Sub- it's gone subconscious beliefs experiences from past relationships no it's completely gone that's fine we'll move on (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah if I think of it I'll bring it back well what I actually wanted to ask was is there something that you wanted to share in terms of the ways that people can work with you have you got an offer for the audience who are listening now yeah so I actually just launched when when are you thinking of um, putting this into the world so this will come out next week. So in like a couple of days, like oh, okay, five days fantastic. or so. So yeah, so it'll be, yeah. Yeah. So actually I am, I just opened the doors to my program, Better Me, Better Us, because to have a better relationship, whether that be clearer communication or, um, you know, setting boundaries or anything like that. It doesn't really matter. It starts with you. So to have a better Mm. relationship, it starts with you. And so even if your partner is like, yeah, no, I'm not about that coaching life, not, not doing it, not going to counseling. We can figure it out on our own. My husband was the exact same way three years ago, completely understand. (laughs) And that's why I created this program is to help the. Isn't in it. Um, into coaching right now. And so that being said, it's a six-week program. There is Voxer coaching, um, Voxer support the entire six weeks. There are workbook exercises that we're going to do. And then you also have that group and community support um, to also know that, you, A, you're not alone. And B, if you need, you know, if you need ideas on how to connect ver- via 
speaking their love language or something, you know, then other people might be able to weigh in on that and give you examples of what they're doing. So you get that support as well. Um, that is $557 for the six weeks that is open right now. I also have one-on-one spots. If you and your partner are wanting, you know, just the one-on-one coaching, I do have one spot available for the rest of June and then I'll have two spots available in July. Um, my Oh, are you there? Yep, there we go. Oh, I don't know oh, why go. it keeps going out. I don't know. This is this happened on my last call as well. I was wondering, I'm wondering if it's me or not. So I'll I'll cut out this middle bit. But I, the last bit that I heard was my husband and I. So like you're sharing oh. your one on one. Let's just start okay. from there again. So my husband and I are getting ready to go to Egypt. We're leaving on Sunday, and we won't get back until July the seventh. So. Uh, all of my July spots will actually open on July the 10th and then run, run the 12 weeks for the one-on-one um, coaching and then the six weeks for the group coaching. Excellent. Uh, and you actually answered my earlier question. Uh, it was going to be like, what if your partner doesn't want to, to go to counseling or see your coach or work through it? And then you answered it with like, it's okay. You can come and do this like program and like just by you, learning and growing you can actually help your relationship even if your partner is a bit anti wanting to go to 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 work on this you know yeah it's very common so the idea is that to have a better relationship you have to have a better you it starts with you right yeah so you it's kind of like the same way that you get your partner to communicate about their feelings if they haven't been taught that you start and you kind of pull them along with you. And so, you know, you start with creating a healthier um, fight style or you start with, you know, when certain conversations come up and they start leading down a toxic road, then you can set that boundary. And it's very, it's a lot more difficult when it's just you, but it's so worth it because then you do savage, salvage that relationship and your partner actually starts to learn from you and your example that you're setting that like, oh, she's really putting in the effort or he's really putting in the effort and this is how it should go. This is, I, I like the way that they're speaking back to me versus yelling or throwing things or what, you know, whatever the case may be. I like this version better. So this is what I'm going to start doing too, kind of thing. Mm, definitely. And there's also just that, a bit of that mirror effect anyway, right? Like, if oh, you, yeah. It, yeah, the mirror neurons in the brain. So when you watch someone doing something, the same parts of your brain light up as if you were doing mm-hmm. it. So just by what seeing your example, they're subconsciously taking things on. Right. And I definitely think in relationships where they, it takes two to tango. So if you are in, in maybe like an argumentative relationship, you're part of the argument as well. So if you can work on your end 
everything will improve even if the other person doesn't want to come to the party and work on their end. 100%. That's exactly, and that's exactly what I'm teaching in that program is how to dissolve a, a conversation that's getting heated before it turns into an argument and much more before it turns into a three-day fight kind of situation. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah we don't of, want that. Yeah, <laughs> Definitely. Is there any last message you'd like to leave our audience with today? You know, I just, I think there's a stigma around getting help with a relationship. I think there's a lot of mm. like, well, we can figure it out on our own kind of situation. And Honestly, it's not necessary to stay in a relationship that is, you know, even if it's okay, but it's not great, there's always something to learn. And so I, you know, if you are trying to lose weight and you're, you know, you're struggling, you're going to get a personal trainer. If you are learning a new sport or learning to play a new instrument, you're going to have a coach. A relationship is the same way. We're not taught how relationships work. So getting a coach is exactly like getting that personal trainer or getting the piano teacher or what have you. It, there's no difference. And so, you know, there's, there's no shame in getting a coach to help you create a better relationship. And if you have children, especially for them, because they're watching how your marriage is. And then they're taking notes of how a marriage should be based on what you're doing. And so it makes a huge difference. Just having that little bit of coaching can make all the difference in the world. Mm, definitely. I will have all of Cameron's links to social media and to the programs that were mentioned in the comments of this episode so that you can connect online, follow her, join in on the programs, or maybe even get some one-on-one -on -one coaching if you feel like that's where you're at in your relationship. Thank you so much for your time today, Cameron. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it so much. So much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Rebel Podcast. To learn more about any of the topics covered today, to join my one-on-one -on -one coaching or purchase any courses, head to my website, www.katrinaharling.com. That's www.katrinahharling.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.